grateful to be out here. I am so happy to be here. So excited to be here. I get such energy uh, when I just see the stage popping and being here with my friends and family. This is such a beautiful community. So much appreciated. And uh, that kind of ties into what I talk about, which is relationships. And you heard it before uh, with Danelle talking about relationships and relationship building. And it's oftentimes a topic on here because it's so powerful relationships are so powerful in every sense of the word and they are essential in order to build your business build your life uh, make sure that you are optimized in terms of your happiness in terms of your potential but I also want to talk about the fact that not everybody has that support system one in four people have zero friends and it's something that I talk about often because I experienced it. And I want to take you back to when I was a young child and the impact that it had on me. And so there I was, I was about eight, nine years old, and I was not the kid that always had people around. I was the kid who was sitting on the playground watching everybody else play while I was in the corner. I was the one who, instead of having people to connect with, I was hanging out in the library anytime there was free time because it felt safer to me. By the fifth grade, I was eating lunch with my teacher. And I had no friends, not a single person to connect with, not a single soul to rely on, not a soul to talk about the joys of my, my life, the sadnesses that happened that only a nine or 10 year old had. And I remember so clearly in the sixth grade, which is ironic because my daughter is now in the sixth grade, so I am able to go back and transport myself so quickly to that stage in my life. And there I was with no friends and a transfer student arrives. And I could not have been more excited to have this transfer student come into my school because it was a potential friend. All of a sudden, I had the potential to make a connection. And I didn't care how weird she was. And she did not know how ostracized I was at that point. And so I basically went full on caveman with this person and said, this is now my friend. You have no choice in the matter. I'm going to make you love me. And she did for a moment. And she invited me over for a sleepover. And I don't know if anyone has been a 12-year-old girl in this room. Brad, I, I'm pretty sure you have not. Uh, <laughs> but as a 12-year-old girl, who had not had a sleepover in so many years, it was the most exciting thing in the world to be invited over to her home. And so I show up on her doorstep and I have my caboodle in tow, filled with blue eyeshadows, ready for this most amazing experience of being able to connect with someone. And she answers the door and my stomach drops into my feet because she's holding an enormous hairy cat. And I am not just allergic to cats. I am deathly allergic. I'm not talking runny nose allergic. I'm not talking watery eyes allergic. I am dying allergic to cats. Like can't breathe allergic. But I push that down. I push it down because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there is nothing that is going to get in the way of this budding friendship. And I'm gonna defeat biology in order to make this connection. And so I went inside and then she tells me, listen, it's really important for Blueberry to bond with my friends. And I thought, okay, all right, next up, I can do this. And I'm sitting on the bed and I have Warren's cherry pie playing in the background. So I'm just dating myself right there. And we're putting out the blue eyeshadows and the cat decides to jump in my lap. 
because that's what every animal does when they know that someone's allergic to them or can't pet them or doesn't want to pet them. They get as close to you as possible. And so the cat jumps in my lap and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm still alive. This is a win. This is an absolute win until all of a sudden I can see it happening in slow motion. I'm sitting there on the bed. Blueberry stares at me and all of a sudden he is coming at me, mouth that's stretched, tongue hanging out and begins to lick up one side of the face and down the other. And I knew at that point that I was gonna lose. There's only so much biology that you can fight. And within moments, my face starts to tingle and stretch and I can feel the hives coming. And five minutes later, I look like Swamp Thing's child. My parents are called and that friendship ended. And the reason why I share this story, and I share that story in my book too, because people need to understand how important friendship and connection is. I was willing to risk my life, my health in that situation to make a connection with someone. I was willing to put myself into a position where I was not going to be healthy and happy because I needed that connection. We as human beings are wired for that. We are wired. Our brains are ginormous compared to our bodies. And so a lot of anthropologists have studied this. For those that don't know me, my name is Raylan Davis. I'm a a sales coach, a mindset coach, and I have a little bit of background in combat sports. And that's going to be a little bit what we talk about and share today. So what's funny about me talking about uh, what I'm going to talk about today as an ex-professional MMA fighter, D1 wrestler, and current jiu-jitsu practitioner, I'm in combat sports. I've been in combat sports my entire life since I was five years old. I started wrestling. And what's funny is when I was coming up in corporate America as a sales leader and then now as an entrepreneur, I wanted to hide that for a very long time. I was trying to not tell people that I did combat sports because in my head, in my head, nobody else told me this, but in my head, I thought maybe I'd be perceived as, as not smart. I'd be stupid. I'd be called whatever. Again, all of stuff that I was telling myself other people but then i realized something that's what makes me different and there's so many lessons to be had from combat sports that is exactly what we need to hear for entrepreneurship the truth of the matter is entrepreneurship is a fight exactly what it is right you are a mental athlete if you're an entrepreneur even if you work in a nine to five every single day sometimes if you're not prepared could feel like a fight so we talked about this a little bit in my last segment last week which is you are competing every single day, either with yourself or maybe with another entrepreneur or somebody else that wants a promotion that you want, or maybe you know, uh, in your personal life. We're competing either with yourself or with somebody else. So the thing is, if we don't acknowledge that, and if we're not prepared for the fight, well, the fight comes to us, and if we're not prepared, well, we lose, right? We lose the battle, not the war, of course. So I started thinking, of, okay, what are some lessons that I learned in, in combat sports that can help people and entrepreneurship. And there's a reason why, for example, I talk a lot about a fighter's mindset, because again, that's what we're, the journey that we're on. We're all fighters here. Which brought me to this idea of Breath of the Champions is the first lesson that I learned in combat sports, which is iron sharpens iron. Another way that people say this is a high tide raises all the ships. But again, iron sharpens iron. And how I learned this lesson was the very, most lessons that I learned from, from combat sports that I translated all to entrepreneurship that came at a cost physically. It all usually resulted in some type of pain for me, but iron sharpens iron. So I remember I was training at uh, here in Arizona, this place called Arizona Combat Sports, and I trained with some of the best UFC fighters and, you know, at the time, right? The Ryan Baders of the world, the CB Dalloways, the, the Jamie Varners. And there's this guy named Jimmy Varner who was, you know, a top 10 uh, uh, UFC fighter, MMA. 
And I was training with him, and I, I remember I was beat up. I was tired. Listen, the, the training weeks are extremely grueling, right? You would train eight weeks, hardcore. You, I had to cut 30 pounds to get to my weight class. Like, it's eight weeks of hell on earth, and then you go and fight. And so during this training camp, I remember I was sparring with Jamie, and I said, hey, do me a favor. Let's take it easy today. Like, I'm like I'm sick. Like, I don't feel good. I'm exhausted. Like, let's take it easy. And he looked me dead in my eyes and said, no. <laughs> He just said no, and he started coming at me. Again, we were training partners, and he was fighting me like it was the main event of the next UFC. And I remember one day I finally asked him. He, it was like this every single time we trained together. I remember asking him, like, why are you doing this? And he said to me something. He goes, if I don't break you in here, someone's going to break you out there, and I care about you. So I'd rather you hate me. I'd rather me be the one that breaks you so that way you won't be broken out there. So how does this even translate over to entrepreneurship? You have to surround yourself sometimes with people that surround that that challenges your ego or challenges you in particular. Maybe you follow them on Instagram. Maybe you're friends with them because of the breath of the champions here, or maybe you listen to them in these rooms. And some of the things that they say maybe make it makes you feel uneasy because deep down it's something that maybe you know you should be doing, but sometimes our ego gets in the way and we're like, hey, I don't, you know, I don't want to go there. Right? I talk a lot about sales. I'm a sales coach. So I'll talk about how you can inspire your audience to want to buy. And this is the way you should do it. And here's another option. Here's the way. And then some people will go, well, that's not the way I was taught sales. So I don't want to hear it. Iron sharpens iron. If you don't go with someone that's better than you at something or different than you, if you don't expose yourself to those things, how in the world do you expect to get better? You know, once again, another example, coming from the, my college career as a wrestler, every single day, the coach would put up these pieces of paper. They say who you're going to go with. You didn't get to decide who your training partner was for the day. They would decide for you. And there's a guy named Ben Bennett, four-time All-American. I hated being paired up with him because I knew it was going to be a tough practice. Every single time I was like, man, he's going to beat my butt. Like it's going to be, this is not going to go well. I'm going to be exhausted. I'm not looking forward to it. But the reason that the coach did that is because if you, most of us don't choose the hard route, but down, going down the hard route, going into the desert it's how we get better. It's how we can find our true, our true potential. Think about it. When you're going on a sprint, right? The sprinters, the, some of the sprinters best times is when you're racing against somebody else. Could be a teammate, could be a friend, but it's that accountability. It's that pushing that leads you to get to where you want to be. And some of us, not all of us, but some of us are afraid of going with someone that might challenge our beliefs. They're afraid of so going with somebody or, or being around somebody that may push them to want to be better. Because we're saying, oh, I'm not ready for that. Well, you might be. You might be. Maybe that's the thing that you need. So the first lesson that I learned for combat sports entrepreneurship is that the fact iron sharpens iron. Now, the next one is a hard lesson. A local rival. We're the two best uh, Walter Waits in the, in the state. Basically, the UFC came down to the event, and they said, hey, the winner's going to go to the UFC. It was a really big thing, right? All of the above, okay? But I was mad about it. So when the fight started, I came out guns blazing. I'm throwing every single strike I can. I'm throwing with vicious intent. Every single punch wasn't, you know, flowing. It wasn't snapping punches. It was just me just throwing the anger in every punch. 
So if you can imagine what happened to me in the second round is I am gassed. I am dead tired. All right. I end up losing that, 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 that fight in the third round. Now, granted, the first round, I broke my ankle and, you know, I had to go three rounds is a whole nother story, right, with one leg. But the point is, I lost that fight because the emotions get over me. So how in the world, Raylan, does that translate to entrepreneurship? Remember, entrepreneurship is a fight. How many days do we go through and we let our emotions, our thoughts, prevent us to being who we can truly are meant to be? Again, each and every time we go do these segments, I bring it up because guess what? It's the number one thing that's limiting you from being who you're meant to be limiting you from being the best you you can be, which is the thoughts of, man, I'm not good enough. It's the thoughts of, man, I can't believe that person cut me off. It's the thoughts of, man, I can't believe someone said that to me. Your emotions are getting in the way of you just doing what you do. We do this thing where maybe you'll, you'll post something on Instagram and one person says some stupid comment and you had 100 likes and you had 20 plus comments of being, man, that's amazing. But one person said, I don't get it. And now that's the one thing that you're thinking about. Your emotions are getting in your way. Just flow. Just be. When I was at my best, when I was a fighter, is when I didn't care about what my opponent was going to do, was what I was doing. I was focused more on, not defense, but doing what I need to be doing. And when you're present in that moment, you're just doing what you need to be doing, that's when you're at your best. Not when you bring in these emotions and anger and jealousy and ego and all the above. That's when we are at our worst. There's this really interesting thing, right? And granted, it's a little bit off topic, but not really. I saw this thing recently with Mike Tyson. He was talking to somebody on his podcast. And he was talking about, they're talking about empathy and, and apolog, uh, basically giving people grace. And, and when they apologize, just letting it go. And this guy, the guest on Mike Tyson's show said, you know, if somebody does me wrong, man, I cut them right out of my life. I cut them out of my life and I'm done. Like, I, I don't have time for that. And he goes, that's how the devil wins. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, because you cut that person out of your life, because you didn't show them empathy and generosity, because you decided to cut that person out of your life, the devil won because the devil changed you. He won because those emotions, those feelings, they took over and those things decided who you would be today instead of you deciding. So the devil won. When we bring in those emotions and let those emotions dictate what we do on a daily basis and, and operate from that space, we don't become who we're meant to be. Think of it from a sales perspective. If I'm coming from a place of, oh, I need money. Like I need to make a sale. Like I have to do it. I don't care how good you are. It comes across to your client as desperate, as salesy, as whatever. When you come from a place of though, not emotion, just I'm here because I have this message. I'm here because I have this product. I have this service. I have this offer that I know can change the world. And I'm going to make sure I do whatever I can to get as many people to see it so they can actually change their life for the better. You make more sales. Right? We think we have to always have our back against the wall. That's not the case. Desperation, our ego, fear, all these things prevent us from being at our best. So what's the other lesson? The other lesson is practicing versus performance. I see this all the time. That's why I talk about it so much. Whether it's on my Instagram, whether it's to the clients I talk to, right? Sales is the perfect example of this. Sales is not something you just wake up and you do and you're amazing at it. Some people, yes, on a curve, maybe they're a little bit better at building relationships or maybe they're a little bit better at, at, at being able to, to talk and not feel bad about it if they don't make the sale or whatever. Yeah, there's a curve to that. But oftentimes you have to practice it. But the problem is most of, us, most of us entrepreneurs, we just go up and do something and maybe it's not to the best of our abilities. We go out and perform more than we practice. So think about these segments. Right before this segment, okay, earlier today, I'm writing out what I want to talk to. In my head, I'm going over what I'm going to talk about. 
I'm practicing, right? I'm going over, okay, maybe that's not the right way I should, I should say that. Maybe I should say it this way. I'm practicing. Why? Because back in combat sport days, I would practice two to three times a day in each given skill set for eight weeks and sometimes longer before I would do one fight that only lasted 15 minutes. I would practice hours and sometimes hundreds of hours before I even did one performance that was 15 minutes in, in, in MMA. Think about football players, the most you know, highest paid athletes next to the, like NBA, all those things. How much time did they work on their craft just for one game on a Sunday? One game a week. They practice every single day, two times a day, just for one game. And on the offseason, they're constantly practicing. But here you are, someone that gets paid. You are a professional. You are a mental athlete. But the only time you're, quote, unquote, practicing is when you're doing what you're doing. What's the difference between performance and practice? There's a great TED Talk on this. And basically what he says is the performance is high risk, high reward, whereas practice, there's no really big risk. But it's a high reward. That's the that's difference, Right. So imagine if I just were to get on stage and didn't practice or think about what you know I was going to say here on Clubhouse. That's a high risk, right? Maybe I do something wrong, I say something wrong or whatever, and Brussels the Champions goes, you know what, Ray, we don't want you back. That's, high, that's a high risk. So what do you do? You practice. Each, each and every one of us are going to be given an opportunity to do something great, right? They say luck is just having the right skill set that matches the opportunity. We're all given opportunities, but maybe you just aren't practicing enough to either A, earn those opportunities, or B, take advantage of them. Like, could you imagine walking past somebody that you know it, it could make you, help you, propel you in your career, but because you don't know your craft well enough, you haven't practiced the art of communication, you haven't gotten yourself out there enough, and you're afraid, and all these things are coming up, you haven't practiced enough that when you talk to them, you miss the opportunity that could change your life. This is why practice is so important. So that's the other lesson, right, that we learned from combat sports that translates over. The other one that's pretty easy to understand, which is minimizing decisions. We all know like the best example of this comes from like Steve Jobs. We all know he wore the, the turtleneck sweater, right? Or turtleneck every single time he, he gave a presentation. Why? Because he didn't have to decide what he was gonna wear every day. Now it sounds silly, but think about it. How much time does it take you to get ready in the morning? to decide what kind of pants you're gonna wear, what shirt you're gonna wear. Let's say three to five minutes, okay? For me, it's like three to five minutes. Maybe for some people, it's a lot longer, but I'm also pretty boring with, with, with what I wear. I didn't really even have a colored shirt until my girlfriend made me buy some, some colored shirts because I was just always, well, I just wear black. It's a lot easier. <laughs> but let's say it takes you three to five minutes. Well, you strap like that out to seven days, it's 35 minutes, right? Strap that up to a year, how long is that? What could you do at that time? Let's talk about what we eat every single day. Granted, it's boring. Trust me, I know, because there's sometimes that I eat the same thing every single day. But I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat. I don't have to go to the fridge. And I listen, I'm not the only one that does this. But when you open the fridge and you're like, oh, there's something in there, and you close it, and you leave, and you, you walk back and it's expecting, you open the fridge again, expecting like new food to pop up. Or maybe it's not the new food to pop up. Maybe you're, uh, we're just, our, our tolerance or, or <laughs> our, uh, uh, what we want is way lower now. So it's like we're hoping that maybe it's like, okay, I'll just eat the whatever it's that's in there. But every single time we open that fridge, we're waiting for a decision to be made. That energy has to go somewhere. There's also such a thing as decision fatigue, right? You make so many decisions in a day that what happens when there's a decision that can, again, blow up your business or help you get that promotion or help you be a better husband, wife, father, 
but you're so fatigued for making these stupid little decisions that you're not ready for it. So again, for us in MMA, et cetera, there's so many different skill set. MMA, for those who don't know, like for those that are good, you have to be really good at boxing, good at wrestling, good at jiu-jitsu. There's so many things to be good at, but there's only so much time in a day. So you have to minimize decisions, right? You have to go, on these days, I'm doing these practices and that's it. On these days, I'm just going to train this. And the next day, I'll train this. The beautiful thing about having that structure, though, is there's no decision to be made. It's either you go or you don't. And sometimes the really, really good people, they pretend like there is no other decision other than doing what you have to do. No one likes going to practice, okay? There's some people that do maybe, but honestly, it's grueling. It's tiresome. I don't like sweating. I don't like being tired, okay? I don't want to go. But when you don't know that there's another option and you just have to do it, you just go and do it because there's no decision to be made. So what part of your life as an entrepreneur can you remove those decisions? What part of your life can you go, all right, you know what? Like, this is what I'm going to do for my clothes every day. This is what I'm going to do for my food every day. Is there's little decisions that you could give to somebody else maybe so that way you don't have to decide. I'll give you an example, right? So I started a new company and I have to do a logo, of course. That's the last thing I thought about because I was like, I don't really care. So I reached out to my graphic design guy and I was like, hey, I need a logo for this new company. And he goes, oh, what do you want? I was like, I literally don't care. You could write the name of the thing for all you want in black and white. I don't care. But what I did was I want you to check into, you know, with my business partner and, you know, ask her. She's better at it. I'm not even going to waste my time going into this decision. Whatever you give me, you can do. I don't care. But why do I do that? Because I found that on this is now the third company that I personally created. And the first two, I spent weeks trying to decide on a, on a darn logo. How much does that really matter? Let's be honest here. Depending on what you do, maybe it does matter. But for me, it doesn't matter. Why? Because you don't buy my logo. You buy me. So why am I going to spend two weeks asking this person, asking, what do you think? Okay, well, no, I don't. I like this color. I like this. No, I you know how many companies I talk to that are just getting started that they're like, yeah, we still haven't made a decision on the logo. And it's been like two months. Just pick one, right? Or have somebody else do it. The point is, the more time we spend on the little things that maybe don't really that make that big of an impact in our lives, the less time we have for the things that do matter. Like, how do you want to come across? What's your personal brand going to be like? What's the marketing strategy behind it? All the things that actually matter, and you're, you're spending time on a, on a logo. Cut out the decisions that you don't, need to, uh, you don't need to make. And one of the last ones I wanted to talk about was kind of a touchy subject, because let's face it, sometimes we can't see what's right in front of us. So one time uh, I'm training once again, and I was pretty decent uh, as a fighter at this point. And this guy comes in off the street, basically wanted to train. And sometimes um, when somebody comes off and they have a really, really big ego, you know, we got to put them in their place, so to speak. And so they'll come in and you put them with someone that's good. So I'm going with this guy. I remember he asked me like, hey, why do you do that? There's a certain technique that I used, right? And he asked me afterwards, hey, why do you do that? And I said, I don't know. Just do it. He goes, well, what if you just did it this way? And immediately my ego sprung up and goes, dude, don't listen to this guy. He hasn't been fighting as long as you. He just, he's not as good. Like, why would you listen to this guy? And immediately, like, ah, you know, whatever. I just do it because I do it. So the lesson is you don't know what you don't know. There's so many things that people will say to us, for us, whatever, a lesson to be learned. But because of the way they look, maybe because of the way they do other things in their business, you don't want to listen to them. Immediately your, your ego pops up. The barriers pop up and you go, no, I don't, I don't need this right now. But what if 
Again, you don't know what you don't know. What if that's the thing that you've been waiting for? But our ego is too big. Our fear of looking stupid or whatever is so big that we don't accept that, that possible opportunity, that lesson. Right? Think back to all the great lessons that maybe our parents taught us. But because of our parents, we just didn't listen. I don't want to, uh, mom, you don't know what you're talking about. Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. But that's the lesson that years later, 20 years later, you think back on, you go, oh, man, this happened to me literally just the other week. I said something to my son, my mom used to say to me all the time. And I was like, oh, I called him right away. I was like, mom, I am so sorry I was a knucklehead. Because <laughs> that was the lesson that I needed to hear, but I didn't accept it. Why? Because, again, I had an ego in the way. Because it was my mom, but I didn't want to listen. Think back to cl a Clubhouse, where we are now. There's people on stage that's going to say something to you. It's going to say something for all of us. But again, immediately we're going to go, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. How do you know? How do you know? Maybe that's the thing that you need. Yeah, maybe they didn't deliver it the way that you needed it at that moment. But if you were to subtract the person from the information, you could take it and it would blow up your business. Or it would help you get the promotion or be a better person in your life. What if instead, every time you heard something, you got some feedback maybe, or somebody gave you an opportunity, a lesson, that uh, some type of feedback. And immediately, instead of going, well, they don't know what they're talking about, you just wrote it down. You wrote down the feedback, so now you're looking at it objectively. What can I do with this information? What if I tested it out, right? Doesn't mean to change your whole business. The one thing I always say to people when I start working with them as a, as a sales coach, is I say, I don't want you, so like, for example, I have a, a course that is uh, open for pre right now called The Inspirational Seller. And it's a really big overhaul of a sales process. But the first thing I usually tell people is, I want you to take one thing, test it. Don't change everything about your sales process because then you don't know what's working and what's not working. So you're gonna take one thing, you plug it in and you go, okay, does this work? Okay, can we tweak it a little bit more? Okay, let's, let's work on this. And then you add the next thing, right? The same thing with marketing, you do A-B testing, it's the same thing, okay? But imagine if, Again, because of your ego, because of whatever, you go, I don't need to learn sales. I, I, I'm good. I actually need this instead. But what if you do? What if this is the thing you need right now? So you don't know what you don't know. The moment that you realize that, you are more open to different possibilities or to different options. I literally just gave a, a master class for a group of uh, real estate agents. And this uh, woman told me, she goes, you know, I, I'm good at, uh, I don't sell. First of all, don't even get me started on that conversation. Everybody sells, okay? But whatever. So she she did really well this last year. She did, you know, 50 plus sale. Uh, uh, she bought, she sold 50 plus homes, okay? She's just doing pretty well. And so I said, well, what do you need to change? She goes, well, nothing. I'm, I'm doing well. I said, well, what do you want? She goes, well, I want to get more sales. Okay, so what got you to 50, though, won't get you at 100. So what's the gap? What do you need? What do you need to do? Well, I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. The, the fact is, even if you're making, you know, good money, 10, 20, 30, 100 grand in a month, there's always something else we could do if we want it. Obviously, we have to decide if we want it. But if you don't know, it's the first step you have to admit is, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how I'm going to get to the next level. Once you acknowledge, I don't know what I don't know, the world of possibilities open up. Because what got you here? won't get you there. And the final lesson I want to give you all before I start to wind down and, and open it up for conversation and reset the room is 
why can't today be your day? So uh, back in high school, right, I, I was undefeated in, in wrestling and I went to my coach. And by the way, I had the worst anxiety ever with competition. I don't don't ask me why, but I just never believed in myself at that time. And I, again, I'm undefeated. But every single time I would wrestle, this should be against a ranked opponent or unranked. I thought I was going to lose every single time. I went to my coach and I said, coach, I don't know if I can beat this guy. You know, he looked at me and he goes, well, honestly, Ray, if you wrestled against this guy yesterday, he probably would have whooped your butt. I was like, oh, that's a weird, it's a weird motivational comment. He goes, if this happened tomorrow, you probably lose too. I'm like, again, I don't understand where this is going. You're supposed to be hyping me up right now. It's not really working. <laughs> he goes, but it's not any of those days. Today is your day. Today is the day you win. Good thing we're not in yesterday. Good thing we're not tomorrow. Today is today. Obviously, it went out and won. My point is this. In entrepreneurship, we think, man, one day I'm going to be X. You know, one day I'm going to get make more sales, or one day I'm going to have more followers, or one day I'm going to have this. The question you have to ask yourself is simple. Why can't today be your day? There's no reason for it. It could be. We decide that. We decide when we're ready. We can decide that today is our day, and we're not going to stop at anything to get what we want out of life. Why can't today you be the best father or the best mother in the world? You can be. Just be that person. So that being said, I want to open up the last five minutes to any comments or questions about any of the lessons that I gave. I know I rattled through them. There's a lot of lessons in there and still plenty more. So I'm going to open it up now to all of you. What comments or questions do you have? I'll just give you about 30 seconds to unmute, say your name before I go into a quick reset. All right, so while we wait for somebody to, to speak up really quickly, Hello. go ahead. Hello. Oh, I hear somebody, Triple J. What are your thoughts? I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to make sure y'all can, can hear me. I, this has been terrible today. <laughs> are y'all hearing me now? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay, I'll make it quick. Uh, I'm just going to say um, I, I really like that, uh, especially at the end when you said today is your day, and then only you can decide when it's, when it's, your, when it's your day. You know what I'm saying? And I remember when I got up uh, one morning in uh, this year of January and I decided that I was through and tired of diabetes, you know, wrecking havoc on my life for the past 11 years. And so I decided to change the way that I that I eat. And, you know, as I did that, I prayed, too. And so six months later, um, I went back to the doctor and my A1C was a 14 in January. And when I went back six months later, man, it was a 5.5. So I'm just, you know happy and ecstatic to know that when you decide to kind of change and do some things you know it, it can work but you still have to put in the work though you know so faith without works is dead that's all i got to say i'm triple j your heavyweight champion of the world and i'm done speaking i love that triple j you just made a decision today is my day and now guess what every day after that has been your day because you decided it I, everything i talk about I, I say this to ignazian but what i talk about is simple but not easy it's simple, but not easy. But once we make things more simple and we just do the things that we want to do because we want to do them, we do the things because we know we deserve the life that we uh, want for ourselves, we can have that. You deserve to be healthy and, and, and be not bound and, and restricted by diabetes. You finally realized that. So you said, you know what? Today's my day. Let me step up and take what is mine. Take what I deserve 
which is the healthier life. We all can have that. We all can do that. It's just when we stop putting weight or putting energy into things that we don't want, right? So really quickly here, before I pass it off, um, I'm going to say you are in the Breakfast of Champions, the Million, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. But did you know that we're not just on Clubhouse, people? We have Breakfast of Champions podcast where all podcasts are found. We have Instagram pages, Facebook pages, Twitter. We're literally everywhere. And every single time I do this, I'll say the same thing. Eventually, we're going to be in your, in your, uh, right next to you on your, in, on your couch eating breakfast with you every single morning, just in person. I don't know how we're going to do that. I think eventually with a technology, we're going to get holograms so Glenn could just sit next to you while you're eating breakfast. We're getting there. We're working on it. But if you ever want to find us, all you have to do is go to Breakfast with Champions Club on Instagram. Click the link in the bio, and then you can follow us anywhere so you can stay connected. Again, the key to this is sometimes we miss some segments, and we don't want to miss them. The great news is they're all over there uh, where podcasts can be found. So the final thing I'll say is this before, again, I pass it off, is every single time I do these lessons, every time I do these segments, I'm always given some type of lesson to, to how we can better our personal lives as well as our business. Because oftentimes what I have found is the, the key to making more sales, right, or the key, the tactic to actually bettering our business usually starts and ends with us. It's not usually outside things, right? It's usually if you can get past the inner robot that you have, you can have whatever you want. The trick is acknowledging it starts with you. No more excuses. Take what you want and do the best you can every single day. If you do that each and every day, you will be more successful than if you did if you didn't do it. So if you need me at all, you know where to find me. You can go ahead and DM me over on Instagram. Again, for the first 20 people for that inspirational seller course, it's open to you. Um, I'm here for anyone that, that needs me. And with that Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.